social media has on teenagers' mental health. Today, social media plays a huge role in a lot of our lives, whether we choose to admit it or not. We check to see what other people are doing, we post what we are doing, and it all becomes a habit and then an addiction. It's not our fault we grew up in a time where social media was a way to stay connected. We find ourselves sitting on the phone or on the computer for multiple hours at a time just to see where people are and who they're with. But how does that affect us? That's exactly what I wanted to find out when I started this research. Like you, I'm 19 years old and I often find myself in the black hole of social media, spending hours at a time watching YouTube videos, scrolling through Instagram, and Snapchatting all day long. I like to think of myself as living in the present, and I'm sure you think of yourself like that too, but are we? If you're a user of any of the social media platforms that are out today, and there are a lot of them, you're probably somewhat invested in your profile, how you appear to others, and how you portray yourself online. While being online is a great way to invite yourself as whoever you want to be, there's an extreme negative side to being on social media. Social media has a funny way of making you feel sad, making you feel the fear of missing out, and making you feel alone. These things weigh on us, and the toll it takes on most tends to go unknown. Social media is not healthy for teens because it portrays unrealistic expectations for developing minds. Sometimes as teens, we merge the ideas of fantasy and reality. This was a big crisis with the Netflix original series, 13 Reasons Why. While it was a completely fictional book and TV show, it did make a lasting impact on everyone who watched the series. The openness of suicide and self-harm became such a norm in the show, and its extreme graphic scenes made for a gruesome watch. A lot of suicide prevention organizations had extreme criticism over the portrayal of mental illness in the show, almost glamorizing it. In Gemma's psychiatric study, it states that 13 Reasons Why was released on March 31st, 2017, and the suicide rates for April of 2017 were increased in males by 66 people and in females by 37, only in the age category of 10 to 19 years old, which was the direct age group the show was trying to appeal to. There was also an increase in hospitalization and self-harm. The show increased the rates of suicidal thoughts and actions in teenagers. But our unrealistic expectations don't only come from TV shows, but simply other people's posts online. On Instagram, you will find people only posting pictures of themselves in their best conditions with perfectly clear skin, pounds of makeup, stylish outfits, and a beautiful scene. All of these are basic factors for a post on a celebrity Instagram page. These people are idols for young people who are looking to find themselves, and we make it a point to want to be like these people who are just not real. Our photos posted on an iPhone at a party will not compare to the professional cameras, makeup, and lighting used to take these model-esque pictures. It's just not who we are. This can become self-depleting. According to Bailey Parnell, one of the most powerful and influential women in Canada, her research on social media effects on mental health concluded, The largest stressor on social media is the highlight reel. Social media is our personal highlight reel. It's where we put our wins, or when we look great, or when we're with our friends and family. But we struggle with insecurity because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. We use other people's best to make us feel our worst. This enhances the idea of people having unrealistic expectations, ultimately making us feel insecure with ourselves and unhappy with our life. In addition to that, social media gives a platform for people to bully. 
According to the CDC, from 2007 to 2017, the teen suicide rate increased 56%, making it the second leading cause of death among teenagers. Parents and experts had a lot to say about social media being the downfall to their children's lives. In an interview conducted by CBS News in their segment, Stop the Stigma, parents of four children told their stories about why their teen child decided to take their own life. While all stories were heartbreaking and unique in their own way, they all related back to the same thing. Social media played the biggest factor. One child wrote in his letters before passing with details like, I tried to be normal, but I just couldn't. Because of the increased pressure of being a black gay teen, the expectation for him to be a man and to be tough was just not who he was, but social media made him feel as though he had to portray a certain character and that he was the odd man out because of his identity. Another parent found that while going through his daughter's things, her phone was the biggest tragedy, saying that having mental illness and struggling with yourself invited you to be part of a club on social media. It normalized behavior and antagonized the actions of suicide. Lastly, a child took her own life after a boy at school took a video of her sitting by herself, calling her ugly, calling her a loser, and then posting it online for everyone to see. Soon, everyone was watching the video and saying similar things to the young girl. This gathered that social media can be a direct link to depression, anxiety, insecurity, and isolation, all different forms of mental health disorders and symptoms. According to the hazards and benefits of social media use in adolescents, in the scholarly article, Nursing, Negative consequences of social media may include difficulty focusing, stress, depression, and anxiety. Studies have found that social media can act as a catalyst for negative attitudes and behaviors. They found that those who perceive that their experiences are lacking more are more likely to internalize symptoms by keeping feelings to themselves instead of expressing them. And adolescents with fewer social media accounts who scored higher in the FOMO category suffered less from internalizing symptoms. This article basically states that if we spend too much time online, we will start to compare ourselves to one another and will most likely have diminished mental state or depressive symptoms. Another thing that we never think about is that overposting on social media can put you in physical danger. I know what you're thinking. I understand how social media can take a toll on my mental health, but how in the world can it affect my physical health? Well, I'll tell you because I thought the same thing at first, and then I realized my mistake. As of today, I have 1,347 Instagram followers. I do not know 1,300 people. So needless to say, most of the people who follow me are not my immediate friends or family, and that in itself is very dangerous. The followers are also what ties in the biggest part of addiction. We let people follow us because we want a higher follower account, we want to receive more likes that are like social currency, and we want to appear popular. Do you pay attention to who follows you on your platforms? Especially when you're constantly posting where you are, who you're with, and exactly what you're doing. Let's also add that you even incorporate a clever caption to your photo just to really bring it home. There are a lot of people seeing that post. How can you know that everyone seeing it is safe for you? I don't mean to sound cliche, but like, stranger danger? This makes you susceptible to online stalking and obsession. According to Suzanne Dwork Peck, a part of the social work department at the University of Southern California, she states, social media is a tool. 
Like anything else, you can use it to keep tabs on your friends, but you can also use it to make someone's life miserable. Social media enables an unprecedented amount of access to people's photos, whereabouts, and dating history. On social sites, you can send one compromising photo to thousands of people at once, greatly amplifying the threat of blackmail. There are parallels between stalking and all kinds of sexual or gender-based violence. It normalizes obsessive behavior as part of a courtship or breakups, making it harder for women to speak up when things get out of hand. By posting, you're using your freedom of expression, and it is important for victims of cyberstalking to know that if this happens to you, it's not your fault, but it can be prevented. It's just important for everyone to be aware that it can become severely dangerous to your personal being if the obsessor becomes unstable or escalates his behavior from cyber to real-life stalking. In addition to this, times are evolving and it has proved that crime is evolving with it. We can use examples like street gangs and school shooters. Nothing to take lightly, but both things that are brought up online very often. Before the Parkland shooting, Nicholas Cruz posted on social media that he wanted to be a professional school shooter. But it gets more disturbing. He left comments like, I want to shoot people with my AR-15. I want to die fighting a shit ton of people. And I'm going to kill law enforcement one day. They go after good people. In the past, he also has posted pictures with guns, knives, and masks hiding his face. Some posts suggest following a, white, a following of white supremacy. This is what poses danger in real life to us teenagers. This is where we really need to evaluate what we see and who we follow in order to protect ourselves. Another example is gang violence and attacks. Gangs are online too. And because most of you listening are probably not in a gang, and I personally do not partake in a gang, it's hard for me to speak on. But what I will say is that I read a book called The Digital Street, and specifically in the chapter Going to Jail Because of the Internet, gang members had hits out on people where they were able to successfully perform these hits because of other people's posts on social media. This is a huge surrender to life and security, especially if you know you can be associated or tied back to groups that put you in danger. By talking about all the negative sides of social media, that does not mean that I want you to go dark completely. I do think that social media is a crucial part of our connection today, and there's no way that I could personally give it up. There are many positives to social media as well. We can use social media as a tool to create a positive digital footprint. It's a great place to express yourself. It gives you an easy track for communication, and it can help you meet people with the same interests as you. You can display your creativity, it promotes civic engagement, and lastly, you can spread the awareness on important topics to you. With all that being said though, it is obvious that social media does take a toll on our brains. Like I've said before, we're developing minds, we're trying to find our own identities, and there is a lot of negative attitude and reflection on social media that will simply just continue to hold us back. We are old enough to have an opinion and to make decisions for ourselves, but if you take away anything from listening to this, I hope you can at least acknowledge the following ways to practice safe social media use. Of all things, it is important to acknowledge the issue. You need to find where things are not turning out good for you and your social media use. This is different for everyone, but it does mean that you should stay vigilant while you're online. If you feel like someone is liking too many of your pictures or there's too many people you don't know on your profile, acknowledge the issue. 
In addition to that, if there are things that make you question your self-worth or self-esteem, you need to find the source of this and exile it immediately. Secondly, you can monitor your social media use. If you're using too much social media in a day, there are a couple ways to acknowledge it. One being, on the iPhone you get screen reports. Every week you can find out just how many hours and minutes you were spending on a certain app that week. If you had a bad week and your social media use was through the roof, you can make your own inferences that maybe social media was what was bringing your week down. Make social media what you want it to be. This means follow what you want to follow and pay attention to what makes you feel good and what makes you happy. You have all of the power and you can create a better online experience. You will relieve yourself of the stress and pressure of celebrity stars. You will definitely be thinking less of what you don't have and more of what you do. For me, this meant unfollowing people like the Kardashians. Why should I sit around looking at their posts four to five times a day, practically having them rub it in my face that they're richer than me? Remove the negative side of social media. Finally, it's important to treat people the way you want to be treated. If you display good behavior online, other people are more likely to respond positively to your attitude. By acting like a jerk online and being a bully, you're kind of displaying that it is okay for you to do so, so it's okay for others to do it as well. This will not create a better online social media experience for anyone, so it's important to do your part in order to maintain happy, healthy social media use. In the end, social media does have an effect on us, but it's not only social media, it's the people using it. It's important to have your own type of cybersecurity and take care of your physical and mental health while being online. Because the pressure of having quality pictures or making your life seem more interesting than the next person's is all in our head, and it's a stigma and a misconception that comes with using the platform. It's important that you post things that you feel confident posting, and that you post them for yourself and for your memories, and not to make your life seem more over the top than everyone else's.